coming up next on Your Heritage Podcast. With her ride, it's like people are like, oh, it's it's ride share, all this other stuff. Yeah, it's just ride share. Yes, it's just taking transporting someone from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. But this is something that people have been complaining about for years. And I'm so glad that I'm the person to help solve mm-hmm. this problem. The airport dropped our press release. So Hartsville did their own press release on us. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to them. Facts. Cannot believe they did that. That was like huge. Like that came from Breaking their barriers, news. Yeah. Man. So when they did that on September 13th, Lyft actually on the day before, they actually dropped or made the announcement that they were dropping their women's service, which is like women's plus connect, right? Mm. I already knew that it was in the works. I didn't know the name of it, but I knew that something was in the works. And so they did, the only reason they did that is because we are now the third option when it comes to ride share at the airport, the busiest airport in the world. Mm-hmm. When you get off a plane and you're going to the ride share, you only think of two options, Uber and Lyft. Thanks. Now there's another option. They don't want, like, that is like, that is a bad thing in mm-hmm. terms of just like revenue generation, all the other stuff. So if we capture 10% of that market, we're making like 5 million in a year. Mm-hmm. That's how much money Uber and Lyft is making at the airport. Did y'all just catch that? If we <laughs> capture 10% of the market, just 10, 10%, we will be clearing 5 million in revenue. And that's building a legacy. So watch how you study me. You know what's inherited. Ain't no comparison. Stacking up guarantee. Moving so militant. Consistent and disciplined. Getting that paper and stacking it up. No time for no chilling, man. Building a legacy. So watch how you study me. You know what's inherited. Ain't no comparison. Stacking up guarantee. Moving so militant. Consistent and disciplined. Getting that paper and stacking it up. No time for no chilling, man. Yo, what's good? It's Sir Gates. You're now tuned into the Inherited Podcast. Once again, if y'all been watching, tuning in on YouTube, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, I highly appreciate y'all. So make sure y'all like, comment, subscribe, download, leave a review, share it with your friends, your family, your mom, and everything. But look, before we get into this episode, right, this episode is sponsored by Secure Data Recovery. They are the leaders in securing your data with SSDs, any kind of hard drive, right? Quick backstory. Before this pod even popped off, it was literally episode two. I recorded so many previous episodes, my hard drive crashed due to an error with the company, Sandisk, count your days. But I hit up Secure Data Recovery. They offer a good high percentile of recovering all of your data. They got all of my data back. And thus far, I was able to proceed with the podcast. So make sure y'all check out Secure Data Recovery. If you ever have a crash in your hard drive, lost files, they will recover your data. Let them know Sergey sent you. You may get you a good deal. So, but let's get into the show. So today, I have a special guest. It's been a long time coming. I mean, a long time coming. It's been a long time coming. So this is the GOAT, the GOAT of GOATs of tech, of ride share. I have Jillian Anderson here, the CEO and founder of Her Ride Ride Share. How you doing, Jill? I am so good. Appreciate it, Gates. No the problem, original Gates. No like pro- I said when I came in, the original <laughs> Gates. It's the original Gates, y'all. <laughs> no problem, man. So I said, it's been a long time coming Um, today. I always want to get you on this platform because you're doing something great, right? You're um you're breaking barriers and you're making history. One within the city, and two, I'm pretty sure within yourself and your family, right? So before we get started, just introduce yourself. Give them a little um, tell them who you are and where you're from. Yeah. So my name is Jillian. I am the founder of Her Ride, and I am I don't know. I can. <laughs> it's hard for me to talk <laughs> about myself still, but I am just someone who I just say what I do and I do what I say. If that makes sense, um, I got I moved to Atlanta in 2017. Started driving rideshare in order to help with my schedule because I was trying to actually go pro for basketball, 
And so I used to drive at night and women would tell me that they'd rather ride with a woman. And I was like, hmm, who started Lyft? Like, who started Uber? Like, I wonder if this can be done. And, you know, just started doing some research and here we are. So her ride is here. We just got approved at the airport. I'm super excited. Uh, my life revolves around her ride. And so I'm extremely excited about that. I love it. And I'm happy to be here. Yeah, man. Yeah. All that stuff you just said is dope and groundbreaking. <laughs> so before we get started, even though I know you're not nervous, but icebreaker oh, yeah. time, right? Oh, yeah, it's so, lit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love games. Oh, yeah. Pick a card out of this deck, right? All right, We're both going to answer it. I don't know what it's going to say. This is actually our first deck. I'm coming out of the other deck usually. but So we're going to see what this card is going to say. These questions usually aren't nothing bad, nothing crazy. It's okay. going to be a smooth little question. So we both going to answer it. Yeah. yeah. You shall go first. So right, let's man. see. Oh, this is something crazy or funny. So would you rather have unlimited sushi for life or unlimited tacos for life? <laughs> um, Probably tacos because I love Mexican food more than sushi. Uh -huh. But um, if it was if that choice was Chinese food, it would definitely be Chinese food. <laughs> Cause chicken and broccoli, like I can eat chicken and broccoli every day. Word. Yes. If you anybody that knows me, like that is like my favorite go-to. Like I will celebrate a, a great accomplishment and like celebrate and go to get Chinese. Like my girl hates it. Like, <laughs> like I love Chinese food that much. But yes, I can't be mad at that. Um, myself, <laughs> I would have to say. My first thought was sushi for life, but now I just thought about just eating all that fish. It could be, and it's cold. I would want a hot meal. So now I'm stuck, but. I'll go with my first thought. It'd be sushi. I love sushi, uh, different kinds, California roll, all this extra stuff. So it'd have to be sushi for me. But if I had a chance to switch, I would definitely hit the tacos up. I love a good taco, you know, a little sour cream, fresh pico, cilantro, and all that stuff. Yeah, I just went to San Francisco. We had some good um, Mexican food out there. It is good. Yeah. Yeah. I need to say, I love what you call it, like the, um, not organic, but the food from different nationalities is made the, mm -hmm. the right way and not more so of a chain restaurant. Exactly. I can eat that, but I prefer the actual, I want to how they make it and this and that. It's just mom 10 times better. Yeah, there we go. I the only mom, want a pop mom and pop shop. Yeah. The best Whenever one, you got to find them in a the hood somewhere, mm -hmm. but that's where they at, man. Yep. And it's worth it every single time. All the time. So look, um, so what I want to do is just get your backstory, right? Your mm -hmm. origin story. So take us back to Young Jill, because I'm pretty sure... Whatever you're going to say and give us, a lot of this has kind of made you and shaped you to who you are. Mm -hmm. It kind of instilled those principles into you and it's that mindset of into, to get into this tech world and to be able to where you are at today. So just give us a, um, a backstory of childhood, how you grew up, household, you know, school, friends, and just... Well, you started up till let's you're gonna stop around like college time and get from there. So All right, cool. tell us about Jill. All right, so um my backstory is I mean it's kind of complex, but it's kind of simple to me. Um, okay, so I uh, grew up in a two-parent household. Mm. Um, I'm a my mother and my father, and then I also have a younger brother. Um, they actually started us in private school. So I started in private school. Uh there was an all-black private school in Athens, Georgia at one point. It's called Timothy. Christian Academy, and it was actually an extension of the church that I went to, Timothy mm. Baptist Church. And so they went all the way to fifth grade. Um, like I said, it was all black. Um, for the most part, it's all black. But the person that ran the school or the person that was the principal was a white guy. Uh, mm. His name was Mr. York. Um, when I say that was probably the best head start I had um, when it comes to education, it definitely put me um, up there above, I guess, everyone else. When you when you talk about education, um, we transitioned into public school. I was going into fourth grade. My brother was going into the first grade. And that was because uh, TCA actually closed. Mm -hmm. And so we were trying to actually find schooling in the other private schools, but it was too much because, like I said, I had both my parents in the household. So there was no scholarships available or anything like that. Um, so we went into um, the public school system 
as soon as I got into public school, um, that my parents were very active in mm-hmm. my education. I will say that. So like my dad was someone who, who um, he would pull up and come sit in my classroom and like there'll be nothing <laughs> wrong. Like there's not, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't get in trouble or anything like that. He just was someone who wanted to make his presence known in the school. He came to the school so much, um, the middle school, um, that instead of the stickers, the visitor mm-hmm. sticker, they actually laminated one for him oh, and man. just gave him his own <laughs> laminated pass. Like he came to the school that much. Um, so he was a very active um very active parent. My mother was very active. So as soon as I got into elementary school, they um, had me tested for gifted. I tested in the gifted and pretty much school was pretty much easy for me after mm-hmm. that. Um, I would say that the only reason I say that is because I had the best teachers. When you test in the gifted or spectrum, you get the best teachers in the public school system. And so I can't really say that my experience in school was bad because like I said, I had amazing teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only thing that was different for me that people didn't probably experience was um, in middle school, for my reading, language arts, and math classes, I was the only black kid in those classes. Wow. So that's sixth grade through eighth grade. Those classes in particular, those were accelerated classes. I was the only black kid in that class. And so <laughs> that was a, a different experience because you're going from your science and your social studies. I'm also in a county that's majority black. Mm-hmm. The, the schools I went to were majority black. We're talking like 75% up black. And so... I'm in a class where really the white kids are the minority, and but they're also the ones that are the smartest. And so going from those classes to regular classes, it was like a culture shock, but it also kind of, I guess, helped me just be, I don't know, more personable. Yeah. It like kind of helps with my personality. Uh, fast forward to seventh grade, my, my father passes away. So he was sick. He mm-hmm. had leukemia. He passed away. And so that was very tough. I kind of like just focused my mind or like, I really clung to sports at that time. That's mm-hmm. when um, you were able to play sports. And so started playing sports, started playing volleyball, basketball. But at the same time, I got a job at a fish market. Mm-hmm. Random. <laughs> I know it's weird, but... It's some brand with the though. Yeah, I know, line. right? The guy that owned it actually was a deacon at our church. And so he, um, he was called Rainbow Fish Market. I started working there. He let me run the cash register. And I actually got to um, take orders. And then he showed me how to clean fish, gut fish, scale it. Like all that weird, like why mm-hmm. would a twelve year old girl want to do that? Don't know, but I actually it actually fascinated me. So I learned how to do that. I did everything but cooking because I wasn't old enough, mm. and so but I got to try everything. So at that age, I got to try all type of seafood. Um, it just expanded my palate on a different level, and I got like I said, I got addicted to making money. Mm-hmm. So. That's what really started my entrepreneurship or like I just wanted to have my own money at that point. And so from that point on, every summer I had a job Mm. (laughs) and I still played sports. I didn't do AAU. And uh, by the time I graduated high school, I had a scholarship to go to Albany State for track. Mm -hmm. And so I chose to go to Albany State. I could have went to Bethune-Cookman. So um, what made you choose Albany State over Bethune? Bethune-Cookman actually sent me a scholarship for... I got a full academic scholarship to Bethune-Cookman, but they sent it to me in June. And we graduated. I graduated May 2010. Damn. And they sent it in June. I was like, well, what the... <laughs> like, yeah, so that's the only reason I didn't go to Bethune. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, for good reason, um, going to Albany State was the best decision of my mm-hmm. life. But, yeah, that's my that's my backstory. Okay, now I can't agree. Albany State was a great school to go to, have fun while I was there. Well, you said something I want to touch on, right? I know you said your father passed away. You were at a fairly young age. So how did that kind of affect you mentally growing up? I mean, at that age, who's kind of really prepared for death? I mean, of course, we probably have a, a sense of what it is, but mm-hmm. in your soul, like, that's your dad, not like a 
cousin, aunt, a friend, of family. That's like right there mm-hmm. in meeting your household. So how did that weigh on your mental and how that affects you as growing up? Um, it weighed a lot. I didn't realize how much it weighed on me actually until I was an adult. Mm-hmm. I, w- I pretty much became so locked in and laser focused after it happened that all I was just focused on was graduating, going to college, graduating college and like, you know, playing whatever sports I was playing mm-hmm. and getting into school. Like it really, I just put it all the way in the back of my brain. And then once I graduated school, that's kind of like when all those feelings started to come out and develop. Um, it was very tough mentally. Like I had to I was, I'm the oldest, and mm-hmm. so I had to kind of like, for me, I felt like I had to kind of like be the example for my brother, yeah. uh, be strong for my brother, show him that like it is okay. Like it's like life is going to go on and it's okay to mm-hmm. continue on living and continue to excel and continue to be great at whatever it is that you want to be great at. And so that's kind of what my focus was, was like trying to be the best example I could mm-hmm. be for my brother. But so yeah. was, when, I know you said you cling to um, like sports and then the work. Was that kind of you coping from that or yeah. is oh, so it was? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I've been to therapy and so like they, that's what they told me. Like, that's like why I become so hyper-focused on things or like, mm. that's why I have like this obsession with like achieving, like, like going over the top, yeah. like that type of thing. And so I was like, it's not an attention thing. It's just the, that's kind of the way I cope with mm-hmm. not having to deal with grief, thinking about, thinking about grief. Yeah. And so I was like, ah. So now that I'm older, I'm, I've become more accepting of it. So I didn't really used to care about celebrating my birthday. Mm-hmm. That was like a thing, a symptom. Same. Um, didn't, didn't care about it at all. Um, I, I have great friends, so I thank my friends over the years for mm-hmm. like just staying close to me, um, being great examples for me, helping me celebrate my birthday when yeah. I didn't want to celebrate my birthday. So like things like that, they, um, they definitely helped me with. And then the other thing that I struggled with was accomplishing milestones. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how hard that would be after like losing a parent. Mm -hmm. So like graduating high school was extremely hard for me. Um, Graduating college, uh, turning 21 or Mm -hmm. like, you know, like those different little milestones that you hit. Those were extremely hard for me to deal with. Um, Almost to the point to where it makes you want to self-sabotage the entire thing. Yeah. Because you don't want to experience it. Like you don't want to. Yeah. So you don't have to think about it. But yeah, it's extremely hard. Um, But therapy helps. I will say that. I tell people that all the time. Um, My mom, she did her best with trying to like, she like kind of threw us in like a little grief counseling thing Mm -hmm. for a little while, but it only lasted for like a couple weeks. Um, And then we were just back in school and we were on the, Therapy is, that's a a major key. No, I mean, a lot of people may not understand that Mm because of course it may just that whole environment, telling somebody you don't know your feelings, your business, your personal life and just Mm -hmm. being... Just so open and transparent. But for a human being, that's just one of the best things you can do to get through trials, tribulations, and trauma. Because it's just like you bottle up so much emotions and whether it's anger, the grief, and stuff like that. The people who probably surround who surrounding you are already, they're probably most of the time going to tell you what you want to hear. Just because mm-hmm. they know like, oh, I know this person. I know Jill. Mm-hmm. This may make Jill feel better. Versus the therapist is like, okay. I hear you and I understand you, but X, Y, and Z, X, Y, and Z, X, Y, and Z. Then just ask you yep. these certain questions to where it's like, let me think about this this way versus how I was thinking. It. And now it just um, evoke this answer so I can just self-discovery and just find this and that out. So therapy, it, it helped me out in life. When I tell folks all the time, when I went to the military and came back, it was a point of just, I'm out here shooting missiles all day and just <laughs> loving and doing, enjoying that. But coming back home to the civilian life, how the hell am I going to transfer that skill to 
I can't just get a job in Georgia doing Shoot that. missiles, exactly. Yeah, you can't like... do it. So I was, it was just a, that transitional phase was kind of just, now what am I doing with my life? So mm-hmm. it had me in a state of depression and just anxiety. So, But when I got into therapy, it was just like, man, these people actually, because I had, it was a situation where I had a male therapist and a female therapist, but mm-hmm. the the male, he was a white guy. Mm-hmm. The female was a black lady. So it was just, the white guy was my first one, but it was just coming from a black background is there yeah. that much you can kind of relate to? Even though he he did give me some good feedback, but nonetheless, just that whole therapeutic session was um was great for me. But just having said that, when you said you was kind of not purposely like self sabotaging yourself of that nature during high school and college, like work, did it turn into where you were just like acting out or just being bad behavior, fighting all the time, or it was just like <laughs> you just gave zero fucks about anything <laughs> just like you know what let's just go through life <laughs> so i am someone that is i have morals so i'm not gonna just say that i didn't give a fuck i would mm. say that i was living my life with no remorse mm-hmm. so i was saying i was living my life with no remorse so example of my way of showing out in high school is mm. something that my mother never even found out about <clears throat> was um i started selling candy in high school mm. um my senior year um, I also held a job, like I said, every summer. Mm-hmm. One of my first jobs that I had, um, I didn't work retail. I didn't work fast food. I didn't work any of that. I actually was a pool clerk mm-hmm. at um, in our in our city. So we had, you know, city pools or whatever mm-hmm. like that, pay a dollar to come in. I was a person that sat and took the money. Mm-hmm. They didn't have any type of system in terms of keeping count of how many people were in there. I was the person that kept count. Mm-hmm. So however many people came in the pool was however many people came in the pool based off of what I said. And so I started, one of the summers, there was, um, I started really getting into sneakers and I was like, well, the money that I'm making at the pool is not enough to get all the sneakers that I want. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I started, you know, pocketing some $1 bills here and there. Those ones turned into $5, turned into 10s, turned into 20s, turned into hundreds of dollars that mm. I'm now taking from the pool. Um, yeah, that was like, I became like very sneaky. Like I was just mm. like, I became obsessed with like doing things and then like trying to see if I was going to get caught. Yeah. But then not like, not getting caught and then just being like, whoa, like, all right, well, what's the next the thing? Limits. Yeah, like pushing <laughs> the limits. And so after that, we start selling candy. Um, I start selling candy with a friend in high school. And you would think that, okay, this girl has <laughs> made money selling. I mean, you know, working all summer. She's clearly saved some money up. Um to buy some, you know, candy to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not true. We stole all the candy that we sold Shit. at school. Yeah, like just <laughs> just stole it all. So it's 100% profit. We're stealing candy from both of the Walmarts in Athens for years. I mean, mm-hmm. not years. I'm sorry. Excuse me. For that <laughs> for that, for that, that year. Um, and like, like I said, we were bringing it back to school, selling it for a dollar. That's 100% profit. So yeah. we just did that all senior year. Like the fact that I didn't get caught is... Clearly God sent because that was a, that's like a real serious charge. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was doing things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, started smoking, um, once I was like a senior in high school, but I wasn't, I didn't start seriously smoking until I got to college, Mm -hmm. but like different things like that. Smoking is probably my biggest vice when it Mm -hmm. came to like coping over grieving and all the other stuff. Outside of that, I was just, yeah, I started doing like the little stealing out the stores. I never stole from people. I never got into gangs. I never got into none of that other stuff. It was just like me just being sneaky and like trying to finesse my way out of yeah. different things. Um, but yeah. See, it sounded like you, like you said, you did have some morals. There was a line you wouldn't cross. <laughs> yeah, of course, was like, <laughs> I ain't going to steal from y'all, but these big companies and whatnot, they <laughs> going to miss it anyway. Walmart was the lit. Back in the day, I can't lie. I had my <laughs> runs up in Walmart. It's, a lot of the times it was from um, either the deli side or mm-hmm. what we used to do, of course, as as boys. You know, everybody want to go outside and hoop. So 
You going to Walmart with your basketball shorts on, your long pair. Uh, how do you look? How do you look? Go in the dressing room, throw them on, throw them on, and put yours back on, and take one pair back out. Like I don't want, I ain't, I don't want these, and then just you know, skate yep. out, then go to the deli side, get you a what's it called? It was like a plastic container, the chicken. Yep, the chicken. Pull the top receipt off, so everyone buzz out the door. Yeah, we all, we all kind of probably Man, had no moments. The way but. that actually what sat me down was chicken stealing chicken from Walmart. I got Word. caught. Yeah, my senior year of school at Albany State, I got caught. They was like they did like some crazy sting at the Walmart. <laughs> one year that year and they they um I had actually had a whole cart of food that we just bought because we had mm-hmm. got food stamps so we, we had just purchased food yeah but while we was in the store I had got some of those little boneless wings or whatever that's was what eating it was them. the boneless threw was. them away <laughs> just threw them away because I always do it like it's something that like we did it to the point that it, you thought that it was like yeah okay like yeah, you going and okay. eating grapes like the bad test yeah type. the folks stopped <laughs> us and I legit went to jail in Albany for it was like $8 worth of chicken. I was like, what Shit. the... F-? And when they said my name in court versus everybody else, they got caught with theft by taking. Mm-hmm. I had the lowest amount. I got the same charge as everybody else. I was I was in there laughing, like legitimately laughing. I was like, y'all cannot be serious right now. <laughs> the system is crazy, man. It had, is. Uh, I can't say this, though. <laughs> I won't go into the whole detail because somebody else is involved, but there was an incident, right? That same Walmart in Albany to where... <laughs> Somebody was locked up, and it was a whole fiasco of getting them out of jail because we was on a mission to. But it was for for us. It was a purpose to create content. Yeah, we was trying to. We was going home for the summer, and you know the um the mass calm. They had some cameras and stuff you can rent out, but mm-hmm. we got the camera. Kind of find out we didn't have a battery for it. So before we hit the road to Atlanta, that Walmart got to pass it. Yep, we need a battery, but that didn't go as planned. So you know. <laughs> They was on a um, P's and Q's of that Walmart yeah. right there in, uh, in Albany, Georgia. But so having said that, it just sounds like a lot of what she was doing, yes, he may have been acting out, but there were some pros and cons to it both. Like you were speaking about selling that candy. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the word profit. Mm-hmm. Business terms, you was making profit off of mm-hmm. what she was doing. I mean, despite how you was doing it, you was getting some profit. So oh, yeah. what intrigues you about what intrigues you the most about making money in business like what is the you know you said kind of root of root of awards you're working at a young age but like what intrigues you so much about that to where you just want to this is my future this is my passion versus i want i can i can deal with a nine to five so what intrigues you about it so much solving a problem Mm. i think i'm just a natural problem solver Mm -hmm. like anything that people bring to me any type of problem anybody brings to me i'm kind of like a solution-based person Mm -hmm. like you can't really complain to me if we're not trying to seek a solution so that's kind of i'm just a natural problem solver that's what it is i'm addicted to that Mm -hmm. like solving a problem and then like proving that i can solve the problem on a on a grand scale i love it i just love it i love it so much um i think that's been my obsession the most with her ride it's like people are like oh it's it's ride share all this other stuff yeah it's just ride share yes it's just taking transporting someone from point a to point b Mm -hmm. but this is something that people have been complaining about for years and I'm so glad that I'm the person to help solve mm-hmm. this problem because the problem is there. Like, yeah. it needs to be solved. Like, if someone's not... I'm someone who's just... I just hate when people talk and then just talk just to talk. Mm-hmm. Like, complaining just to complain. Complaining with no solutions. That's what it is. That's what I love. And then I also... I understand supply and demand very mm-hmm. well. And so, understanding that, being obsessed with problem solving, I think that's what it is that yeah. just... I love that. And that's why I can't be an employee because... I will sit at somebody else's job and be like, yeah, this could be run a lot better. Yep. And, and <laughs> been there. Yeah, yeah and then sure. it's just like, yeah, I don't want to be here anymore because I know that this could be run better and I know that I could do a better job of mm-hmm. running it. 
and I'm not about to just limit myself in this role. So that's very yeah. true. Not the the basis of how they would say, if you want to uh, either get rich or whatever in life, the one of the major keys to that is solving a problem. Mm-hmm. That's how most of these companies are what they are because they're the answer to a solution. I was watching um the documentary of the night, Big Vape. Like yep. that, what they did was they solved that problem of. Well, not to the max, but minimizing the amount of intake of nicotine. So mm-hmm. how are we going to do that? From a cigarette to a vape pen. There was a problem. They made a solution. They got dumb rich. Unfortunately, a lot of kids got addicted and some was hospitalized. But again, I think some stuff like that comes with just the, the field of ambitions. You're not going to, you can't please everybody again. They was helping some, but some didn't get help. But again, their problem solving solution uh, factor is a big key ambition. So with that... Um, out of coming out of college, right, mm-hmm. or, or in college, is that where the root of her ride started? Was it post graduation? Post graduation, um, for college, of course, is I think my most memorable moment from college would be Beast, mm-hmm. the clothing line I started, mm-hmm. and that was so random. Like that was not intentional. There was nothing intentional so about what Beast. Birthday? Like, what was um, it? it came from a nickname. So you know, I was an RA mm-hmm. for two years, and so the kids, ha, I call them the kids, but y'all, were, they were only a year or two <laughs> younger than me, but. They like they I would get them to come to the volleyball games. They saw me play and then everybody's like, oh, my God, Jill, like you're so good. And um, somebody gave me a nickname Beast. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I like that. Like, I like that. And yeah. so I went home for uh, Thanksgiving break and hit my um, homegirl Ace up. She ran the store. She ran the lids up in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, hey, I want to get a beanie made with these words on it. And I like turn, you know, I made mm. beast the way that I made it. And I was like, can you put that like on the lid of the beanie, like on the rim part of the beanie? She was like, yeah. And I was like, all right, bet. Mm. She gave it to me. I came back with it. And then my teammates were like, we need that. And I was mm. like, all right, bet. I'll get y'all made some. <laughs> and so I got my teammates made some. And then when they started wearing on campus, other people saw them. They was like, are you selling Thanks. these? And I was like, I wasn't, but now I am. Like, because I mean, baby. I'm like, yeah, I was an RA. Y'all, if you knew how much RAs got paid at ASU, I don't know why I did RA. And mm. look, I sacrificed good work study for two years to be an RA, mm. and so I wasn't making no money for real. And so I was like, all right, let me just let me go ahead and do this so I can make me some extra money, pay whatever, whatever, whatever I need, and all the other stuff. So I started doing it, and then and there's no cap in what she's saying. If y'all yeah. watch, I can vouch. You seen those beast beanies and stuff everywhere. And shouts out to Miles too. Miles is one of the number one yeah, uh, beast supporter promoters. I swear <laughs> to God. I swear, man. Miles is my guy, man. I love him so much. He bought every color I had for me. I swear. Mm-hmm. Miles was the one. Like I say, I seen it. I seen it everywhere around campus. So that's still good to know, no matter what, from a young age to college, you still had that drive to. I want to provide, but at the end of the day, still I'm making money from providing mm-hmm. whatever the server is, the product is to people. So when it comes to tech, what is your love for tech birth? Like as far as the, cause Ooh. you're now, you're deep into it. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure her ride, the technicalities of it, man, it'll probably blow my mind. But so what did you, when did you hop into the tech world of things? Cause clothing and tech, mm-hmm. polar opposites. I mean, you have, of course, when you do the e-commerce, whatever, that's where it kind of meets, but just on a grand scale, it's kind of polar opposite. So where did that come into um, play? I've been into tech since... My mom got me, like, one of those VTech computers when mm. I was a kid. So I've liked tech and, like, just techie things since I was a kid. I really got into tech in middle school. Mm. I got a PSP, mm. and it changed my life. I was, like, I was able to do whatever I wanted with that thing. Mm. You were able to surf the internet. 
Back then, that's when Wi-Fi just started, so there was no blocked Wi-Fi for real. But if there was, it was very weak, that mm. little weak security thing that they had. So I was on the, I was, <laughs> I used to be on my PSP streaming TV. So there was like a, there was like a piece that you can connect to your TV mm-hmm. and connect it to your cable and you can control it from your PSP. So I was streaming, before streaming existed, I was Sheesh. watching TV in middle school on my PSP. Sheesh. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's what got me hooked into tech, like doing stuff like that, messing around with P- uh, the PSP, getting on MySpace. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to help people with their profiles. I didn't really sell that as like an advertisement thing because mm-hmm. once I... When it came to tech, when I realized, like, when people hit me up and they like, oh, I want you to do this for me, this for me, I was like, oh, I don't really like that. Like, mm. I don't really actually like taking orders from people. Yeah. And so I was like, ah. Um, but yeah, middle school is when I really was like, okay, when I go to college, this is what I'm majoring in. Mm. Like, I knew what I was majoring in in middle school. Yeah. I knew I was going to go in so computer uh, engineering and computer out. science. Yeah. Yeah, I was super into it. I was, I'm going to learn how to code. I already knew that I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life, mm. but I'm like, I'm going to learn how to do it because... If I want to be like an IT director or run a tech company or whatever like that, then I know how to know. I got to know how to do everything. So, yeah, that's 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 where it started. That's dope. So, with her ride, right? Mm -hmm. Talk about like what it. Of course, I know there are some things you may be able to talk about. Some you can't because it's um confidential, no information and whatnot, just within the build of it. Excuse me. So, what does it take to build a platform like her ride? Just a, a, a tech piece of that. And that's the, what kind of, what went into it? What was some of your processes? What was it like? Your stresses? And just from the journey of day zero to yeah. now, kind of walk through that process and what it's been like for you so far. Yeah. So um, I could tell y'all, you know, um, there's pretty much no limits on what I can tell you guys mm-hmm. how it, how we developed her ride because um, I just want to tell you guys the process for real. Mm-hmm. So I went to school for computer science. Like I said, I understand it. I know how to do it. Building the app, I didn't actually code it myself. Mm-hmm. So I went and found a company to to code it or develop that develops apps. Um, and so that company is they're they're specializing what's known as clone apps. Mm-hmm. And so what a lot of these apps are now are clone apps. There's a lot of there's a lot of apps now that are just copies of the original. So mm-hmm. there are a lot of there are a ton of Uber uh, Uber clone apps. There are a ton of Airbnb clone apps. Um, and all of those companies, you can contact them and you can get an app that's just like theirs. Mm -hmm. Um, they'll put your logo on it, all that good stuff. And you own the source code. Mm -hmm. Um, but Mm -hmm. what I will say is, okay. And you get it for a very cheap price. Mm -hmm. But what I will say is you get what you pay for. So while you're paying a fourth of the price of what somebody else would pay to get that developed here, Mm -hmm. you're going to, that's what, that's where the issues come in. So you got language barriers. Because those companies are either um, in Asia somewhere, Sounds they're like either fiber in India, issues. yeah, they're <laughs> either in India, Bangladesh, um, anywhere, like anywhere somewhere in Asia. Then you got, um, outside of the language barrier issues, you have just, they will try you. Like, I can't really put this in any other context, but they will try you. Like, if they know that you are not tech savvy, mm-hmm. they will not include things that you paid for um, and just leave it out. And then when you bring it up, they're just like, oh, I didn't know. It was like, oh, Trash. you didn't think I was going to check, like that type of thing. Like, Or they'll try to charge you for things that you shouldn't be paying for that's already included in like your service fee or your support fees. Mm-hmm. So having someone that is technically savvy is a must. Like you cannot, mm-hmm. if you want to go the cheap route, you have to have someone that's technically savvy on your team mm-hmm. because you just need to have someone that's going to keep all that in check mm-hmm. because they will try you. Like right. I'm just just being 100% honest. And so that's what we did. We went through a company that did a clone app for us. Um, I got the clone app built, which was pretty much like a skeleton of what I really needed. 
it functioned, but it didn't fun. It wasn't flawless. Mm-hmm. And so after that, I went into I went to Fiverr. And so I went and found developers that could fix. So I needed an iOS developer to fix my mm-hmm. um, iOS app. And then I needed an Android developer to fix my Android app. So I went and found two separate developers that did that. And I would pay them, but I would pay them just for a certain task. So mm-hmm. I would pay them task by task. I wouldn't, I didn't include it all in one big lump sum. Nope, nope, nope. Why? Because when you're paying developers, you pay them by the hour. Mm-hmm. And I know how long it should take to get certain things done. Yeah. So that's why I did it that way. Um, Like I said, having someone tech savvy is important because that way you will save as much money as possible. Mm-hmm. So to get all the different things that I needed to uh, make her ride fully functional, that's what I did. Once we were live on the App Store, that was in March of 2020, we were good to go. We was pretty much smooth rolling from there. After Mm -hmm. that, it was just up to me to keep engineers on um, contract to maintain everything, to make sure um, maintenance is good and and that we're up to par, libraries are updated, Mm -hmm. um, things of that nature. And so that's where where we're at now. not, Not That's not where we're at now. What I've done now is we yeah, have integrated. Right yeah. <laughs> what I've done now is we've um, teamed up with a company called Safe Hello. And so they are a software development company. They have the safety features that I had already wanted to put on my app. So mm-hmm. they actually say, end up saving me thousands of dollars mm. um, because I allowed them to integrate their SDK, which is software. That's what software is. Um, their SDK onto our app. Um, so they put their features onto our app. We pay them an API charge, which mm-hmm. is a service fee that you pay, but it's a lot cheaper than what you would normally pay on anything else tech related. Yeah, well, it's monthly or like it's one time fee. Monthly, okay. They yeah, they month they it's monthly and it's um it's like thirty cents or something like that. Mm-hmm. So every successful completion ride on our platform, we basically give them thirty cents. Understood. Of it. Mm-hmm. And so, so because of that, they gave us uh, two hundred and fifty hours of free um. Development labor, mm-hmm. um, which was, if anybody knows how much development labor costs, I'll just give you an example. This, co- say, this, company, <laughs> this company, for example, charged me $200 an hour for Sheesh. development. So I, we got 250 of those hours for free. So I got a lot of work done yeah, and a lot of stuff fixed. That, yes, man. I did. I sure <laughs> did. Maximize the fool out of that. And so we got a lot of stuff fixed. So now the app runs like water. This is That's the team that I work with now. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already gotten out of that free 250 hours phase. We actually just finished paying them to do the most recent feature on the platform. And I'm stuck to them like glue because they mm-hmm. work like they work so well. Um, yeah, but amazing. yeah, that's where we're at right now. But keeping somebody as tech savvy is important. If you want an app, you need to have someone that's tech savvy. Mm-hmm. If And you also need to understand and know if your company and business needs an app. Because mm-hmm. everybody don't need an app. Some some people just need really five websites. Yeah. And like some people think they need an app and it's like, mm, you don't really need that. So what would you say causes for app, no app? Like what are some of the things you've like, okay, if you can write down a list of yeses and no's mm-hmm. of where you need an app or not, what would someone be in your opinion? If your business is mobile, you need an app. Mm-hmm. I would say you need an app. I would say it's pretty much, it, I would think it's necessary for you to have an app because you're in different locations. Yeah. Um, if your business is... If you have a clothing line, you don't need an app. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to put that out there. You don't need an app. You need to focus on getting your product into stores so they, they can sell your stuff for you. And then you just get a commission off of that. Um, if you have, if you do like custom work, like you custom design shoes, you custom design jewelry or anything like that, you don't need an app. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're just, unless your brand is just that big yeah. to the point to where, okay, the website is crashing every time y'all drop stuff like that type of thing. It may be time for an app. 
at that point, you may need an app. But yeah, um, let me see. What are, what are the industries? Yeah, so you got clothing, of course you got tech, you got food, food, food catering. I think cater catering should look into apps. Mm-hmm. I think that's dope. Um, I think people, the way people schedule food, especially with the Uber Eats, DoorDash delivery, Fats, stuff like point, that. I think more caterers should actually look into getting apps. Um, yeah, they should do. They should do mm-hmm. that. So like you say, everybody don't need one. And people are visual too. So food is a very visual very thing. Very much so. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Touching on those um those senses in certain um industries is, uh, is key as well. Mm-hmm. So, but in your in your business, right? As far as from where you started and then scaling into where you're at now, and I'm saying speaking like on inside of it, as far as like help, personnel, um, whether you call them employees or not. Mm-hmm. So how do you operate in that realm as far as growing that and saying, okay. I need this person, that person, it's a good fit. And then in some realms, it's like, okay, you're here. Maybe this is not a good fit. So what uh, my boy Gary V said, what you uh, hire fast, fire faster. So I know I'm pretty sure you've been on a journey with far as building. Mm-hmm. So how does that work? Because there may be some entrepreneurs who just, oh, I'm so quick to, I need a, a team, 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 team. But at some point, at some level you do, but at some levels you don't. So if you name yep. you do get one, it could screw you up, but because you don't need that much. Now you got employees to be responsible for. You got payroll. Now everybody is willing to work for free to help you out. So what were some of your battles and struggles as far as internally just building your company? Because again, you have a legit brand, you have mm-hmm. a legit company. So for somebody that may be watching, what are some of those stresses and also positive things that you experienced? Man, so I've gone through actually two co-founders mm-hmm. before Devin. So before Devin came on, I had two different co-founders. The first one, she quit because it just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, the second co-founder, she literally just quit on me after um, after a great conversation on the phone. It was weird. Um, so, yeah, so it was just, yeah, so... Devin has been, first of all, working with Devin has been amazing. Like, um, shouts out to you, Devin. Yeah, shouts shout out, out to you, you Devin. <laughs> you already know what time it is. Um, but yeah, working with Devin has been amazing. <clears throat> she works just like I work. Mm-hmm. Um, we work so well together. Um, I honestly be impressed with the way that she just does everything that she does mm-hmm. because Devin has a son. So I'm just like, I don't even have no kids. And when I call, you always answer the phone. When do you sleep? Like, that's <laughs> insane to me. So I'm just, I'm always impressed with Devin. Um, when it comes to working with us, I'm, the biggest thing is I'm just so, I don't trust people because mm-hmm. again, I've gone through two co-founders. So it's like dealing with, having to deal with that was already enough. Is that a source of why you don't trust people or is it just, you got this other... <sighs> I mean, it's, it's just, a, that's just how I am. And yeah, yeah, I mean, that's just how I am. And that's how I've been in, since I've hopped into the tech company yeah. business, because people are just, th- y'all think the music industry is bad? The tech industry is worse. Like, I'm being 100% serious. Like, people will steal from you, um, all this other stuff, like steal your name, steal your ideas, steal everything, and then go raise $5 million off of everything. And then raise $5 million off your name and just leave you out of everything, right? That type of thing. So you have to protect yourself, protect your brand, protect everything when it comes to a a, a tech company that you're building. Mm-hmm. Um, I just started delegating. Mm-hmm. I'm very bad at delegating. I'm actually really good at doing everything myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm getting to a point to where I'm about to have like nervous breakdowns and yeah. like my neck be hurting and stuff because like I'm carrying stress. I'm getting older. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't, you know, do everything myself. And so Devin is always on me about delegating. And so that's what I've started doing this year. Mm-hmm. Got an assistant. 
Um, they they are pretty much they work remotely. I'm just trying to get better at like organizing all my tasks at the beginning of the week mm -hmm. to give her instead of like giving her random tasks because again, I'm someone who doesn't operate on a normal sleep schedule. Mm -hmm. I probably sleep like maybe four hours a day. So mm -hmm. I'll be up at two o'clock in the morning and be yeah. like, Hey girl, so we need some emails sent out. Like, let's do that. <laughs> let's handle all this sure. random Yeah, like <laughs> Yeah, so it's like um, your assistant doesn't work like that. So you need to make sure that you have all the tasks that you need her to complete at least one day out of the week mm -hmm. and then give it to her. So that's what I'm really working on is being better at delegating. I have finally gotten enough vehicle inspectors that I don't have to do vehicle inspections no more. I'm extremely proud of myself. Mm -hmm. That was a big task for me. So delegating that and um, moving that part over has been good. Um, you have to like... <sighs> When it comes to other people like wanting to work with us, yeah, I just tell them straight up, I ain't got no money. I ain't got no money to pay you. So if you want to work with me, um, you're either working for equity or you're working for, I don't know, volunteer hours. Or if you want to be an intern, that mm. is cool. We are looking for interns. You believe the vision. Point Let me look in the camera it. again for that. We are looking for <laughs> interns. Y'all better get with it. I'm trying to tell you, I will write, we will write <laughs> any letter you need to any professor for any credit. We are a real business. So we are looking for interns. <laughs> but yeah, um, um, the thing, the, the hardest part about my business is, and I know everybody loves what we're doing with her ride. Um, and I know that everybody's doing the comparisons with the other companies is, well, the difference between us and them is that we didn't raise a million and a half dollars up front. Mm. So I'm not rich. Okay. So, you know, I still work my jobs. And so I'm just here to let everybody know, like, if you want to come work with her ride, you need to have the ability to outwork me. Mm. That's pretty much it. Um, because I'm working a job, I'm working full time, Devin works full time still, and we both spend full-time hours on her ride so if you're trying to join our crew you need to have as much energy as we do um there's like there's nothing that you can't do to help us um you really have to show me in order to for me to believe you um telling me that you want to work for me is cool but showing me is a lot better yeah um pulling up to where i'm at um i always i'm on social media a lot and i always talk about where i'm at and where i frequent in the mm. areas that i frequent so showing up to those places i wouldn't be scared honestly i'm not i'm not someone who's just gonna be like oh my god how'd you find out about yeah. where i hang out at no like you telling me that you want to work with me pull up to where i'm at and let's get to work that's that's simple as that. Lay them rules out. Yeah. Straightforward, mm -hmm. man. And the thing you just said as far as how you may be, um, there's companies I want to touch on, how you may be compared. So you have the the Lyfts and the Uber. So was there at any point throughout your process you were worried or fearful as far as like, because again, those are the, the big dogs in the field when they first mm -hmm. popped out. So they could probably easily just say, oh man, this is girl Jillian. I see what she's doing. Let's steal her idea and add us to our platform. Let us have an option of just straight mm -hmm. up female driver. So was there any kind of like angst in there? Or how do you how did you kind of navigate that as far as just saying, you know what? No matter what they do, I'm still doing my thing, whether they want to copy or not. So how did you kind of get through that if there was anything there for that? Doing my research is what helped me battle that fear. So there are mm. other people that have tried to do what I've done already. And, you know, they just stopped. But it was just due to, like, lack of funding or, mm. like, lack of security or just the app didn't work or whatever like that. And I was just like, all right, bet. So these two companies aren't really worried about, like, women, safety, mm -hmm. women driving or whatever like that. So... At the most, the only thing I need to worry about is brand loyalty. Mm. So I was like, if I can get people loyal to the brand and understanding the brand and the mission and all the other stuff, then we're going to be good. Yeah. I was like, all I got to do is start completing rides and then actually getting into a portion of the city where we can actually generate revenue, which mm. are airports. That is the difference maker. And mm. I've done that. And the competitors have found out about that. So like, for example, 
Um, the airport dropped our press release, so Hartsville did their own press release on us. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to them. Facts. Cannot believe they did that. That was like huge. Like that came from Breaking their barriers, news. Yeah. Man. So when they did that on September 13th, Lyft actually on the day before. They actually dropped or made the announcement that they were dropping their women's service, which is like women's plus connect, right? Mm. I already knew that it was in the works. I didn't know the name of it, but I knew that something was in the works. And so they did the only reason they did that is because they knew that we are now the third option mm-hmm. when it comes to ride share at the airport, the busiest airport in the world. Mm-hmm. When you get off a plane and you're going to the ride share, you only think of two options: Uber and Lyft. Right. Now there's another option. They don't want, like, that is, like, that is a bad thing in Mm -hmm. terms of just, like, revenue generation, all the other stuff. So if we capture 10% of that market, we're making, like, $5 in a year. Mm -hmm. That's how much money Uber and Lyft is making at the airport. Did y'all just catch that? If we (laughs) capture 10% of the market. Just 10. (laughs) 10%. We will be clearing $5 in revenue, and that's just for airport pickups. We're not talking about drop-offs. I don't even know how much money they're making for the drop-offs. Yeah, that's the only data I got for the pickups. They made $48 million last year. So, yeah, like they're like, that is a scary thing. And on top of that, like, I am the blueprint of showing like other, any Mm -hmm. other minority or anybody else that wants to start a rideshare company how to do it and how to actually make money Mm -hmm. get in the airport first. So, they had to stop that. So, they're already trying. Mm. And I mean, like, they're trying, but we're already here. We're already here. We're established. I've trademarked my name. I'm not a fool. Um, you know, we got brand loyalty. We're in a city that's extremely popular and trendy and mm-hmm. our trendsetters when it comes to just things in culture, tech, anything. Facts. And so they they are screwed. They are a little fucked right now. And they are <laughs> and they are and they are a little nervous. And I've been yeah. seeing the advertisements that they're displaying now in our area and stuff like that. And I'm like, good. Mm-hmm. I got y'all on y'all heels. Yeah. And honestly, y'all should have called me before y'all even did any of this. Like, who knows? Y'all could have I could have I could have settled for an a- acquisition, right. but Working Nobody want to call man. me, so now I'm like, well, y'all should have did y'all research because I was a walk-on athlete in school, so mm-hmm. I am used to taking people's spots. Like, yeah. I have no problem. I have no problem competing with Lyft now. Like, if they want to make it a problem, we can make it a problem, so. So you're talking to somebody who's getting out the mud. Is I'm just, trying to is tell this you. another, uh, another um, obstacle to overcome? Let's say you made it thus far, so what? Hey, you ain't lost at none so Mm-mm. far? So it was like, hey, man. And I love the mindset of that because some could have just been like, this giant mega company is just so fearful. It's like, all right, I ain't gonna be able to down stand up to these folks. But yeah. you ten toes down the ground, yeah, pounding at the folks. airport with it. So I applaud you for that. Here go some flowers for that. Thank you. A couple of these bouquets going for that. That's that's a Appreciate big thing, right? One, a minority doing it. Two, a female doing it. And mm-hmm. you're a brand new startup, but having to get at that point that fast. I mean, yes, you put in time over your career to put in your work, but to get to the airport to be. Um, a third option to only two monopolies there, that's major. Yep. So congrats to that. And I've seen as well, like Dr. Process, you you've been you've raised a lot of money here and there doing this and that. So talk about that a little bit. Like, what does it take to to get the funding you did get? Again, mm-hmm. you say you didn't raise the millions and this and that, but you have raised a substantial um, amount of, of cash flow to help you out. So what goes into that process and the mindset and just the, the skill to 
get money from either investors, grants, and stuff like that. Being transparent, being organized, and being structured. Mm. We are a corporation, and we are structured as such. I am, um, when, we, when we did our family and friends raise, I made sure that, okay, anybody that was interested in investing, they had to schedule a Zoom meeting with us. Mm. And so you had to, I had, I sat there on the Zoom meeting, and I read through all of the forms, all of our paperwork, our term sheets, everything. Mm. Read through each section. If you had any questions, I answered them. Why? Because I paid my lawyer to create the documents and then <laughs> explain them to me Facts. so that I can better explain them to you guys. Like being transparent is the number one thing, mm-hmm. um, I, especially in our community. Like we just don't trust each other with money. We don't trust each other with finances. Mm-hmm. There are so many people that scam. It's ridiculous. And especially so when in it, Atlanta. Yeah. So when it comes to like running legitimate businesses, like you need to be transparent. That's the number one thing. Um, the number two thing is confidence. Mm-hmm. So I've raised some money through doing pitches this year. That's the new thing that I've started doing this year. I started going to pitch competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just being confident. Um, if you're good at public speaking, use that to your advantage mm-hmm. and go to those pitch competitions and pitch. Get figure out how you're gonna pitch. It's gonna take you a couple times. It's not you're not just gonna do it on your first time and be out here winning twenty thousand dollar pitch competitions. I'm telling you, start low. Start with the five hundreds because, like I said, it's free money anyway. So start low and keep yeah. going and keep building from there. Um, that's that's what helps us. Um, I apply for a lot of grants. Mm-hmm. Um, I spend a lot of time on Google looking up grants. Looking up grants in different states, looking up grants that we just qualify for because some grants you don't have to be from that state to qualify for, mm-hmm. all the other stuff. So I'm applying for grants all the time. I'll Devin knows, like I'll I'll text her one Sunday and be like, Hey, I just hit 10 grants today. Like I hmm. just I apply for grants like I apply for jobs. Like or I'm applying. Thousand mm-hmm. <laughs> and so even when you do those, I've learned that like these grants be asking for videos. So you need to have videos already on deck, videos explaining what your company is, who you are, and make them like a minute to a minute and a half because that's usually how long they ask mm-hmm. for them and just keep them general so that you can reuse those videos sometimes if it's a grant that you really want or if it's a little bit more money I would say like record something that's a little bit more personable mm-hmm. um, so that they'll understand that you just like definitely made this video just for them um, but yeah be be personable be honest um, be transparent don't try to confuse I have a tech company do not try to confuse these people that you are trying to win money from with your big fancy tech words. Mm. Nobody gives a fuck. Like Straight they they, they don't <laughs> understand it. So you have to dumb it down and and make it simple for them to understand it. Like, hey, what do you do for her ride? Um, or what is her ride deal? Like, if I started my pitch saying that her ride is a peer-to-peer transportation company that does this, this, that works on connecting cities from like you would literally be lost. Like you would literally <laughs> be lost in the first three seconds. You don't know what I'm talking about. Like just say what you do, and that's why I simplify it as easy as I can. What is her ride? Her ride is ride share made for women by women. Mm. Hmm. Explain more. All of our drivers are women on our platform. Ah, I get it. So you're like Uber and Lyft, but you have all women drivers. Right. Yes, indeed. Now they get it. Oh, I would love to invest in a company like that because most people didn't have a chance to invest in the Lyfts and the Ubers when mm-hmm. they first came out. So that's how I explain it to people. That's how we broke it down. Um, but being structured, get you a corporate attorney, make sure you trademark your names, spend the money on that stuff. That's what I spend my money on. I don't spend my money on, uh, we just did our app launch party this mm-hmm. year. My app's been my app's been on the market since 2020. Like I don't spend my money on things like that, like <laughs> celebrating and like, you know, like, oh, yay, we got all that. No, I, I spend my money on like making sure our business is taken care of. Yeah. I, we just paid tax. We just did tax. We filed taxes this year for the first time. I can't even believe how much money I spent on that. Like, 
But that's what I spend my money on because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're competing against two people that have have had a million and a half what head start on me. Yeah. So they're coming with, you know, they're going to come and throw their whatever on us. So I need to make sure our paperwork is legit. I need mm-hmm. to make sure our insurance is updated. I need to make sure our taxes are good. I need to make sure that everything is good because they're going to be throwing the gauntlet at us trying to get us shut down more mm-hmm. than likely. So that's what I've been focused on. And that's what other people should focus on is making sure that your business is and your paperwork is in order. They say paperwork make the paperwork. Um, <laughs> they not lying. I'm trying to tell you. Fact. So that you like you gave out some great advice and one and just in the mindset of what it takes to, to get stuff done. And two, mm-hmm. to be an entrepreneur and three, just in your specific field. So if anybody was just listening, rewind this back and take some notes, especially <laughs> trying to go into the tech, build apps, or you want to be the next ride share for kids or something. You just never know. Like she gave y'all a whole bunch of gems. To um to give you a head start stuff, she took time to learn and to put forth effort into her business now. So don't let this go by you. Don't let it go in one and throughout the other. But yeah. next thing I want to ask you, when a commercial dropping? Okay, when so it's com- coming. <laughs> so the commercial is done. Um, they add in the um like special effects part on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever he sends it back to me, Avery. Um, whenever he sends it back to me, then we will be uploading it. So we'll be uploading it on like every platform that there is mm-hmm. to upload it on. I'm so excited. I can't wait to share it with you guys. When you guys see it, you're going to be like, oh, she spent money on this. I did. <laughs> sure did. I spent money on it. Um, so just, just appreciate that, that aspect of it. Um, it was not filmed on an, on an iPhone. Um, and then also I just wanted to share that we have some more content that's going to be coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been... I've been feeling creative again. Mm -hmm. And so I have a lot of stuff that I want to just showcase. Um, We have this idea that we're playing with right now. And I'll share it because I'm Mm -hmm. not not scared to share my ideas. But I basically want to have a character for her ride the same way that Progressive had Flo. Mm. So remember, everybody knows Flo from Progressive. Yeah. Yeah, So uh, we're going to have like a character like that. And that's going to be like our main person throughout the content that we shoot. Mm -hmm. So it'll be other commercials that we do, different content in Atlanta, like just different things you're going to start seeing that. And so it's going to be very, very fun. I'm excited. Um, let's see. I got the gig network thing that That's I was telling you about. That's what I about. Jump yeah. into that real quick okay. and then get All some right. more detail. So I have been, like I said, I've Uh-oh. been in this. See, cr- yeah. now, I've been in my it. creative. Like I've been feeling really creative this year. And so um, I linked up with my creative director, uh, Andrea Gordon. And so we are going to do a reality series called Bootstrapped. Mm-hmm. So that is going to be like, it's going to be filmed like True Life. True mm-hmm. Life docuseries It's going to feature different entrepreneurs and it's going to show just the behind the scenes of what it's like to run businesses because mm-hmm. a lot of stuff on TV scripted, a lot of stuff they're not telling you. Um, and also, I just feel like a lot of stuff is so spread out now. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to find out what somebody's doing in the hair care industry, that means you got to follow this person and then watch all their YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. But if you want to follow... But if you're interested in transportation, then you got to follow this person and then watch all their videos or buy whatever it is that they're selling. I just want to have one central place where people can be like, okay, like I was interested in doing that. I didn't know that you had to do that in order to do that. And so we're going to show people like, well, of course, myself is going to be included. Um, I want to show like there's a guy that's a real estate agent, Mm -hmm. um, but he's also a wrestling coach. Hmm. (laughs) Like, yeah. And he's also raising his daughter full time. So it's like I want to show people like that, like people that are really just 
normal people, but also they are business owners. They are small business owners. They are entrepreneurs, but then also just showing what it takes to do that type of stuff mm-hmm. because everybody thinks it's just so easy. It's not easy. Just a fact. That's yeah, it's a not fact. easy. So just showing that the ups, the downs, like all that. And I really just want to showcase that. Um, we're going to put that out um, and then um, invite any other business owners to put their content onto our platform. Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to build a separate platform, not trying to do anything like that. If anything, I think we're going to put everything on Tubi. Okay. If um, that's the goal is to just have it on that platform and then people can just go on there and watch it or maybe I don't think Zeus would buy it or whatever but like <laughs> you like, never know yeah, man. you never, never know, know. <laughs> but like some type of independent network like that because that is I feel like though that type of content is what's really missing yep. and like people only watch what you put in front of them mm-hmm. so it's like if you put in front of if you put in front of them bullshit that's what they're gonna watch yep. but if you put in front of them some shit that's actually interesting I'm pretty sure people will watch it so we're going to see how it goes. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it. Before we get out of here, there's a couple things I want to ask you, right? Mm-hmm. This is this, this ain't um, far left, but I just want to know. I know, like, I can tell you're very passionate about what you do. Mm-hmm. You're outspoken about what you do. You don't you don't take no BS for what you do. <laughs> but, Jill, why every time, why you be yelling that cousin he falls out, man? You be killing him. Look, oh, let me tell man. you, not, uh, if I go online. I, I did crazy this morning. I did something this morning. See, man. <laughs> And her deal like this to the side in the car or something, and then she oh, got that face on her or she's smiling. I know for a fact. I'm about to she say about something to crazy. somebody ass, man. Why are letting you <laughs> folks fluster you so much, Jill? Like, <laughs> oh Lord. It's um okay, so there's a reason behind that. One, I am um again, y'all, I played three sports in school. Like I'm a very like competitive person just yeah. by nature. Like I love to compete. So if I now in business is different. So like mm. you can't move the same way in business that you move in sports. Like before I played a game, I used to talk my shit. Like I could talk my shit directly to you. Mm. But like now you have to like be, I don't know, you can't like be direct. But yeah, yeah, you gotta be like very creative and spicy about it. You gotta be nasty but nice. And it's anyway, I'm just learning like, okay, so like I'm a very vocal person. I'm gonna say exactly what's on my mind. I've always been like that. And I don't think that's ever gonna change. Um, I just keep people around me now that kind of like monitor that, and they're yeah. just like, <laughs> "You be killing them, man." Yeah, it's like, oh, you may you might want to delete this one today, Jill. Like, you went a little too far. Um, I've been I've been doing better at that. Um, people, what I will say is this: now I don't operate in a place of malice anymore. Yeah. So like, there's no malice in my heart. I'm not upset at anybody. I'm not. If anything. My my frustration is now more so disappointment. I'm just like, wow, I'm really disappointed in that like you would even play with me like that. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm just like so disappointed because you know me. Most of this stuff comes like most of my aggression or anything like that c- goes out to people that know me. The stuff that I did, the stuff that I do, mm-hmm. the rants, I don't think that I'll ever stop. I hope I will. Because <laughs> I you definitely on the high need street, to. Jill. Yeah, I'm um my um I got I got a burner account that I'm just gonna start using, but that's just kind of like Social media and like the way that I ran on social mm-hmm. media, that's like me documenting my stuff. That's like my diary. Like sense, some man. people Makes like sense. use social media for attention, but I've always used it like my diary. Yeah. That's how I've been on Twitter, um, all that stuff. So like now understanding that I'm older and like, okay, you can't like mm-hmm. say how you feel on every subject from every different thing. Like I've kind of learned how to filter myself. Yeah. But I still take the time to like address what I want to address whenever I want to be fun. Cause mm-hmm. I just want to pe- let people know that I still have like a personality too. Facts. Um when people come to my page, it's like they see all this, they see the motivational quotes, they see that stuff that I'll be posting. But at the same time, you understand and know that I will cuss you out. Like you You're cannot play human. with me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still human and I will cuss you out. And you cannot play with me like that. So <laughs> that's really what it is. Yeah, it's just to remind man. people like, hey, I'm still human. <laughs> Like 
Yeah, I'm not perfect. Saying like, Jill be killing on the dog. What Jill got to get on? He got some good her ride content, good other content. Next thing you know, and then I'll, Jill, just, I'll blast you with. I'll blast you with the woo. But, ever, but like, he's done a lot better. Like you said earlier, how sometimes you got to filter yourself. Do you mm-hmm. ever think like doing that will affect business? Why? Say if somebody's looking at who may want to invest or something mm-hmm. like that, you think you think about that sometimes? Yeah, so I do think about that. I think about how I'm perceived in that age, in that nature. And I have to think about it even more so because I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. Like, men are allowed to rant, but women aren't. And it's so yeah. fucked up because men be ranting. Like, men That's be ranting, men be complaining. And it's okay for them to do that, especially as business owners. Like, it's okay for a business owner, a man. I'm sorry, I'm yelling. It's okay for <laughs> a man. That, yeah. It's okay for a business owner or a man to cuss out somebody that tried him in business. Like, it is okay for that. Like, it's actually honest, honestly respected. Mm-hmm. But when I do it, people are like, nah, Jill, you need to calm down. No, the fuck, I don't need to calm down. They need they to understand. women to have that nice little prissy old yeah, no, you can be like, that's a how you get female. To me, that's how you get ran over mm-hmm. that's how you get, allow for it to uh, happen again if mm-hmm. you do not address it right when it first happens mm-hmm. i feel like people t- try to take advantage of that especially as a woman mm-hmm. so it's like you need to cut it off right then and there and i think a lot of people just aren't used to that like i'm someone because i'm so laid back mm-hmm. they're like oh, okay they see like laid back laid back laid back and they're like okay so if i do this she probably wouldn't even know actually she <laughs> actually i won't that ass, yeah like actually i won't but it's like i I warn people. I tell mm-hmm. them, I'm like, I don't play. Like, but I think people just be thinking, like, man, she just. Yeah, sometimes like, okay. folks just want to try. But it's just speaking of this is like I seen. Yeah. Um, I think it was Dunny Wiggins. She had made a post about it. It was pretty much just as if, as an entrepreneur or a business person or a business woman, it's like when you set a a, a standard for your brand, personal wise, mm-hmm. it's just like sometimes it's so hard to deviate from because once they perceive that, say if you do love to. Not go to a club and act out, but you do love to just go to a club and sit and chill and have some fun. But it's just like sometimes you sit back and like, damn, can I even go here in this environment anymore? Because they see me as the business professional and this and, and I don't that. think about that. Yeah. Now, that it, part I don't think about. Now, one thing, tough. now things I don't do and I've just never done on social media is like, you probably won't ever catch me like smoking weed mm. or like if you do catch me drinking on social media, I'm drinking wine. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm first of all, I'm 31. Mm. Like. I can drink. Yeah, like I'm grown <laughs> as hell. So, but it's certain. Yeah, because I, well, one, my nephews, not my nephews aren't on social media, but I always think about like, all right, is this something that you want your nephews to see when yeah. they get older and be like, hey, Auntie Jill, like you was wilding on social media. Like you was, <laughs> yeah, like I don't ever want them to like go back and just think that. Like that that type of behavior mm-hmm. is okay because I don't honestly I don't think it is. I don't think it's necessary and I don't think it's professional, especially when you got a business or a brand behind Facts. you. Um, but when it comes to like, I don't know, I'm just so big on protecting my name. Mm-hmm. I'm just that, so big it. on protecting like, my your, name. Yeah, your face card is everything yeah. out here in this world. Sometimes people just they don't even gotta know you, but if somebody who was next to you, I mean, y'all might not even be cool or y'all may not talk, but somebody just asked them, yo, so how was X, Y, and Z based off of how they experienced you and just that face card? Mm-hmm. Next person don't even know you. Just take that for face value. I'm like, okay, we ain't working with them. But nonetheless, you could be a the best person to work with in the world, mm-hmm. most advanced here and there. But just that face car situation is just so tough to step out of. Okay, I'm in business mode. So I want to shit let my hair down and relax too, yeah. or this and that. But it's just trying to do that. It could clash. So what is good that you still say, even though you will cut somebody out, you're conscious to know like I. Right, 
I'm definitely pick and choose my battles now. I definitely say that. I pick and choose my battles. So if you do see me acting out on social media, it's definitely for a reason. Oh, yes. It's definitely for a reason. I thought about it and you deserve it. Yep. I sat down and thought about it. I've even probably called a couple people and asked them and told them, like, hey, I'm about to That's a great part to have that, Mm -hmm. to have people around you to say, to either check you or tell you when you're right, when you're wrong. Because some folks, they get offended where somebody tried to tell them, like, or what you doing? Maybe you sound like, man, I got this. But the fact that you can accept that criticism and accept that from people, that's also great. And to have them to be able to do it mm-hmm. is great. Like, um, I don't tolerate yes men, yes women. I hate it. I'm like, tell me when I'm wrong. Tell me when. That yep. may not be the right thing to do because I'm a damn sure to tell you because it's one, I respect you and I love you enough to know I'm not going to let you go down this road and deteriorate yourself and your brand. If I do that, I'm not for you and I'm not your real friend. So yep. And that's probably why Devin's probably the best co-founder ever. That's like my favorite thing about her mm-hmm. is that she is that person for mm-hmm. me in business. Um, not only does she work in PR, like that's what she does separately, but like just as the co-founder for her ride and also her being my friend, she'll call me and be like, All right, Jill. So <laughs> I definitely saw your I definitely saw your IG story and we definitely gotta delete that one because and then she'll yeah. go into it explaining like she's not going and just like cussing me out and nothing like that. Like it's, it's and, perspective, man. And, and yeah. yes, like we have a mutual respect for each other. And I have a like whenever she tells me, I'll be like, oh, say less, you know, I, you know what? I was tripping Devin, my yeah. bad. And then like she'll go into, you know, explaining and like just encouraging me like to, you know. Don't pay the haters no mind. You know, mm-hmm. good stuff like that. Like, you know, you know, continue to stay low. Because I love the way that Debbie moves on social media. I mm-hmm. wish I could move the way she moves. But we are so polar opposites on yeah. that end. I just love the fact that she has no problem with checking me on that. Like, mm-hmm. I need that. Because I need people to check me. Like, I can't have people around me just telling me that everything I'm doing is okay. Yeah. Like, that yeah, is behind not. Behind the scenes, like, Yeah, man, that is not like, okay. On, right? Everything on crumble. Like, that. even though you're at the top. You need that foundation and support to help you keep mm-hmm. going and going and going. Nonetheless, your hard work, dedication, and sacrifice is attached to somebody else's blessing. Whether they want to know it well. or not. But exactly. Hold your people accountable. But again, I'm glad we was that was a fun little talk with everybody. Yeah. But so in the future, what's next for her rider? What is your, your where's your vision at? I know going to get into the airport was a major accomplishment. So what's um what are you trying to stay next with it? So my vision right now and my focus is driver retention, mm-hmm. completion, revenue generation. Mm-hmm. So for this next year, we're really focusing on just generating as much revenue we can out of, outside of the airport, mm-hmm. taking those numbers, going and trying to get some more money raised up so that we can go to other cities and do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Um also thinking about franchising an app. I don't think that's ever been done before. So Mm. we're trying to figure out a model of that we're going to create because there have been a lot of people from different cities Mm -hmm. asking if, you know, we can bring her ride to that area. And I'm like, well, yeah, we can, but I want to do it the way that restaurants do it. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to franchise. We are going to franchise her ride and we're going to figure out how to do it. And we're probably going to be the first app to franchise yeah, their their app. So it's gonna be fun. Um, people are like it can't be done, and I so I've heard that it can't be done, but that's not possible. It, everything can be done. Mm-hmm. Um, if Uber can be created, then franchising apps can be created. So. Sit down, start his eyes, plot, and get mm-hmm. it done, man. That, yep. that, that's beautiful. So, so last two things, right? Part one, mm-hmm. um, if you could go back to young Jill and tell her anything, give her some advice, yeah. or say anything, what would it be? And then next after that. I would just love for you to give some motivational words or advice to someone who may be trying to come up in your field of tech, who may want to start an app or just oh, yeah. anybody in that nature. So just how to get them to, because some folks may need to hear this push to get up off their butt and just say, you know what, let me go jump into it and and and, and get to it. So just those last two questions for you. Um, 
What I would say to my younger self, Jill, buy Bitcoin. What were you thinking? Like, you knew about it your senior year of high school and you sat there and didn't buy it. Why didn't you do that? Um, that's definitely what I would have told myself. Buy as much Bitcoin as you can. Take out loans. Take out whatever you need. Like, make your mother mad. It don't matter. You will explain it later in 10 years. Um... Let's see. Um, motivational words to anybody that wants to do what I'm what I'm doing or thinking about doing what I've done. Do it. Um, stop sitting on the idea. Somebody's probably already thought of it before. Who cares? Do it. Go find out if the name has been trademarked and then go do it. When it comes to apps, research apps. So when it comes to like some of the best app names, I'm just going to go ahead and give you this free game. The best app names only have two syllables. So stop with all that wordy ass shit. No one cares about... Jones Transportation Service, like, no, no, no. The best apps have two syllables. Facebook. I know Instagram is an anomaly, but Uber. Uh, Lyft only has one, but it's either one or two syllables for the most part. So um, try to keep it short and sweet. Um, at the most, three syllables. Um, you can make up any word that you want when it comes to app names. Um, try to keep, like I said, try to keep it simple. If you want to be like Lyft and change the spelling of a word, you can do that. Um, just make sure that it hasn't already been trademarked. And then, like I said, trademark your name. So going, picking a good app name, trademarking that name, and then building the brand around that name. Um, those would be the top three things that you need to do. And uh, yeah, stop getting, stop sitting on your hands and get to work. Um, if anybody wants to hit, hit me up and ask like, okay, what company did you use to, um, you know, build your app? I will share that with you. So, you know, just hit me up. Facts, facts, facts. One quick question, though. What do you feel about, like, uh, chat GPT in the tech area? That we're, what's your emotions about it? I like it. I use chat GPT all the time. Ah, just checking, just checking. Chat GPT and girl. Bard. Bard is good, good too. That's the one that Google has, B-A-R-D. Mm-hmm. Use that one, too. Like, just play around with it. It's a, it's a, it's the way that you talk to it. I even play, I pay for the Plus version. That's what I'm about to get into. Mm-hmm. I've seen the updates of what it can now. It's not limited to, was it 2021? Now mm-hmm. it's, they can actually go and search into now. The, oh, yeah, man, it's the game Man, changer. I did that in college. I would have been a double major. Man, I was trying to tell you. <laughs> oh, I would have been a double major. I'm trying to tell you. They yeah, man. Oh, all but, my work um, done for me. So before we get out of here, do you have any announcements you want to make? Anything coming up, this and that? And also, tell everybody where can find you on social media. Yeah, so you guys can find us on social media at Get Her Ride um, on all social media platforms. So it's G-E-T-H-E-R-I-D-E. There is one R in Her Ride. Um, our website is www.herride.com. Any type of announcements. We don't have any pressing announcements right now. Uh, for any anybody that's interested in driving, we are looking for drivers. So we're always looking for drivers for her ride. You have to be a woman um, and you have to live in the Atlanta area. We also are doing rides in the Athens area. So if you're interested in driving in the Athens area, hit us up as well on all social media platforms or on our website. There we go. There we go. But again, that was a great conversation. Thank you. Thank you for pulling up, uh, dropping all these gems. Your story is amazing. Thank I'm pretty you. sure somebody gets some value from it. Yeah. But it was a good time. But once again, if y'all was tuning in, thank y'all so much for tuning in. This is in here the podcast. You can find me on social media at Sir Gates BC. Make sure y'all follow the podcast page, which is Inherited Podcast, N-H-E-R-I-T-D Podcast, all across the board. Follow the main brand, Inherited. And again, this episode was sponsored by Secure Data Recovery. If you lose your data, anything crash, and make sure y'all hitting them up. But until next time, this is Inherited Podcast. That was a good one. We out. Be easy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Loved it. This is great.